With the 25th pick in the NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select. You're listening to the Journey to the Draft podcast. Welcome, everyone, on this Friday night edition, March 1st, coming at you live from the Indiana Convention Center, site of the 2019 NFL Scouting Combine, Chris McPherson, Fran Duffy, and we even get a little bit of Tony Pauline in a little bit here on this edition of the Journey to the Draft podcast. Jam-packed show. We're going to hear from Dane Brugler from The Athletic. We have a conversation with Dexter Williams, the running back from Notre Dame, and we have, Fran, I think it was close to about maybe a dozen questions that Something we're going like to get that. to in our, yeah. in our mailbag segment. So, uh, again, if you haven't already subscribed, now is the time. Make sure to rate and review. Leave us a comment wherever you listen to your, to your podcast. And last but not least here, before we get into the show, uh, 1.30 p.m. on Saturday. Join us for our live stream as we recap what's going to be an exciting day in Indianapolis. The quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends will be taking part in the drills, the position drills on the turf of Lucas Oil Stadium. So today, it was all about the offensive linemen and the running backs. Let's get into how the players perform now in Draft Buzz. Now it's time for Draft Buzz. And as I tease at the top of the show, we welcome in the man, the myth, and that's pretty much it. Tony Pauline, draftanalyst.com, at Tony Pauline on Twitter. Tony, this is, this is a fun time for you, isn't it? It's a very busy and crazy time. Yeah. And sometimes people go overtime, which uh, makes us late for things, but uh, we won't get into oh, that. Oh, jeez. All right. Way to, way to start things off yeah. on a sour note. Are we, well, we, no, we, no. we, we weren't going to say anything. Okay. We were just going to act normal. Well, you did say things up, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Friday night. I mean, Tony's like yeah, the mayor. Of, none of us have anything else to do. Tony's the mayor here in Indianapolis. <laughs> He's got go. things to do. There so, so offensive linemen, running backs, taking part in the position <laughs> drills on the turf of Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, why don't we just get right into it? Some of the players who impressed the two of you on the day. Garrett Bradbury. No question. Hands down. I mean, Bradbury, uh, as I'll say in my piece tonight on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, exiting the Senior Bowl. Scouts told me that there was a 90% chance he'd go in the first round. I think it's closer to 100%. I mean, he looked terrific. Uh, uh, Has been on a a straight upswing. His draft stock has been on a straight upswing since the season of 2018 season began, and he just keeps getting better and better. He's a guy, I, we were sitting there, uh, and I, this is before I even knew what all the times were. Um, yeah. And the, the times were all outstanding. But just watching him work out, uh, we were watching, we're, you know, we're watching him on the drills at Lucas Oil Stadium, and I turned to C-Mac and I go, you know, back in the fall when I watched Bradbury, I graded him as a, he graded out as like a top 20, top 25 pick for me. Really? And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit too high, but I, I really liked him. You didn't trust the tape. We go to to the Senior Bowl, and he was really, really good. And I said, oh, I feel a little bit better. And then watching him work out again, I'm like, yeah, I I feel really good about it. And then seeing the numbers, it's like I feel really, really really good about it. (laughs) He got a fifth-round grade coming into the season by scouts. And that first day at the Senior Bowl, he struggled. But he picked it up after that. I I didn't watch him in the the summer. I didn't watch him because he wasn't graded all that highly. Uh, And then when he got the Senior Bowl invite, I watched him. And I I was really, really impressed. Yeah. So sticking with the offensive lineman here, a player who I was excited to see today, Andre Dillard from Washington State. And, again, this is the part of the draft process where he's expected to excel and shine, and he certainly did that today in Indy. Absolutely. I mean, the best pure left tackle in this year's draft. Another guy, good senior season, good showing at the senior ball. 
and good testing marks here, uh, good footwork. Uh, had a vertical jump of 29 inches at 315 pounds. Uh, so, again, I, I mean, he's going to be the first pure left tackle off the board. Greg Little really didn't have a good day today, and there's questions whether he could play left tackle. You know, Jawan Taylor is a right tackle. I don't think uh, Jonah Williams is a left you tackle. You don't think Jawan Taylor can switch over to no, left not tackle? No, not at all. No. Um, and I've said all along, I think Jonah Williams is a guard, not a tackle. Uh Andre uh, Dillard really helped himself. You know, we, we talked about him in the past potentially being there for the Eagles or being the Eagles selection around one. I don't think he's going to be there. So Dillard uh, posted a number of really impressive marks. And, you know, the, the one six nine ten 10-yard yeah, split is yeah. one that a lot of people will look at. Only 14 tackles in the uh, draft in the last decade have, been, have posted a better mark. Seven of those guys went in the first round. Uh, Lane Johnson was one of them. Uh, Taylor Lewan, uh, Colton Miller last year, Greg Robinson, Garrett Bowles, Kyle Long, all guys that were viewed as really big-time athletes. So uh, certainly a really good company there for Andre Dillard. And he was a guy that I highlighted as my workout warrior coming into the week, uh, and he followed through with a, a really impressive showing. Speaking of jo- Jawan Taylor real quick, what did you think of the fact that he went out there and took part not in the timing and testing portion but in the positional drills? He wasn't expected to do anything here in Indianapolis. Scouts are, cons- you know, everybody I talk to, they're concerned about his agility. They think he's a, uh, a sm- you know, a small area guy. I heard he wasn't going to test well anyway. He's probably not going to test all that great at uh, Pro Day, so it's not surprising. All right, so up next here, another guy who stood out, uh, Boston College going to interior lineman Chris yeah. Lindstrom. I, I think with Lindstrom, it's a situation we all knew he was a good player. He's been a good player at Boston College for three years at both guard and tackle. What we questioned was his athleticism. Now, I've not seen his shuttle numbers yet or his three-cone times yet, which I want to see, but he was faster. He was more explosive. Uh, you know, he, he had a decent bench press number. I, I think that athleticism and that, and that 40 time said, wow, you know, this guy is really uh, putting together the whole package. I mean, I wrote about him back in 2017, and uh, he just continues to press. He's a guy you know what you're getting with him. Mm-hmm. He's a tough, slug-it-out, punch-in-the-mouth type of lineman uh, that I think is going to be a starting guard in the NFL for a long, long time. I think when the other, one of the other things that stood out to me from Lindstrom today, uh, I said this to you when, when we're down there or watching, I try and pick up on you know, some of the things, how guys interact with each other, you know, just things like that, just little things. When he was going through the broad jump, and you know all those guys are down there in a group, he went 117, 117 inches, and the whole group went bananas. Like they were all really, really happy for him. And, that, and other guys posted good numbers, and they didn't have that same kind of reaction. So it wasn't like they were just reacting to the number. Uh, so I thought the fact that you know he, he seemed like he was a pretty popular guy amongst his peers, I thought that was oh, uh, something that was very interesting to take away as well. That's three inches short of ten feet. That's pretty good for a guy that big. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna let me pull that up real quick uh, as we're looking. I In mean, the last ten years, that's, only. That's right. I mean, come on. I, I might as well. I got the data. This is where this is why I, this is why I pull this stuff. Um, so one seventeen. Only four guys drafted in the last uh, in the last ten years at that spot have gotten better, and it's Corey Cunningham, who was out of traffic last year, Christian Sicoli, the Buffalo kid uh, from a few years back, Colton Miller, and Lane Johnson. Those are the only ones that have posted better. Sicoli still in the league, or I think he's still bouncing around. I'm pretty sure he's still in the roster. Yeah. Developmental still, though. Yeah. Uh, player who I was intrigued to see work out today. I think he was in the the pick six, Caleb McGarry, of Washington. Ah, uh, yes. Had a nice performance out there today. 
His testing numbers weren't that great, I didn't think. You know, he's he is what he is. I don't think he's got great upside, uh, but I think <clears throat> he's going to be a very good right tackle in the league for a long time. I think the the test numbers were, were pretty good. I mean, he, came, he was five oh five in the forty, which is which is right. solid. Four five eight, four five eight is a good number in short shuttle. Um, the jumps were pretty good. The vert was great. Um, you know, I think with McGarry too, uh, you're getting a smart kid. We talked about that yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. very impressive at the podium. Uh, he is an intriguing player. T- he's kind of like Lindstrom in that he's one of those tough, slug it out guys. I mean, that's that's his strength of his game. Thirty three and a half inch arms and twenty three bench presses. Kind of uh, disappointing. Yeah. All right, another player here, Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates. Oh. As you'll read tonight on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, I spoke with some people who uh, they questioned his decision to come out, and surprisingly to me, there were some teams that stamped him as a free agent. Now, I've watched Bates, and I've had Bates rated since he was a redshirt freshman at Penn State. Uh, Played left tackle the past couple of years, but he's natural guard. <clears throat> teams were uh, he came in you know with the underclassmen you don't what don't know what their true measurables are you don't know what their measurables are because they don't undergo junior timing day um, so you have no idea I think he was a little bit taller than people thought at six four and a half I still think he's a guard but still you know under five one in the uh, forty uh, a good uh, ten split of in the in the low one sevens twenty eight bench press. I think he showed some athleticism. I've always thought he's a third-round pick. I mean, maybe he goes to the fourth or fifth round, but I, I think he uh, really helped himself today. He tested a lot better than I thought he would based yeah. off film. I, I didn't see that kind of athlete on tape, um, and, and I thought he tested very well. All right, up next, uh, how about from Mississippi State, Shaq Calhoun, his performance today. Yeah, he was very good. I, I mean, ran well. He's a short squat guy, played the uh, tackle at Mississippi State, projects to guard. Uh, I, I thought it, his quickness, his uh, speed was surprising. Uh, decent bench press number uh, with 33-inch arms. Uh, not really, didn't jump very far, but he's built low to the ground at, 300, at 310. So, but, but I think, he, you know, he moved relatively well, uh, which, is better than ex- which was better than expected. Yeah, and uh, this was a guy. I, I, the film I thought was pretty good. Right. Um, you know, so I thought that for him to match up, it's it's kind of like Bates, where the film was solid, but I didn't know that he was that kind of athlete. So that's something. What now I can go back and watch more of and say, all right, well, does that athleticism show up? All right, bringing up a small school prospect from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Duly noted there, Trey, right. Trey Pipkins. And we talked about him yesterday. Yes, in, no question. Uh, 309 pounds. I thought he was going to be a little bit heavier. 33-and-a-half-inch vert, which is good. 9-6 broad. You know, he's a former basketball player, so you've you got to expect that from him. Uh, decent three-count. Are, are you penalizing him for uh, having the basketball background? No, uh, but what I'm saying is with the basketball background, you don't think he's going to do well on the bench press. Um, decent three-count. Uh, you know, he, he's a last-day developmental guy uh, who's got a good upside. He's got a nice uh, frame. You can add bulk to his frame, add some weight to his frame. So good showing by him. I haven't watched him yet. Yeah. I know that you uh, – We saw him at the Shrine game. Yeah, we saw him at the Shrine game, and I know he was a guy that you were re- really impressed with down in St. Pete. All right. Uh, also, how about uh, Ohio State Mike Jordan? I thought he was impressive. He, he moved pretty well uh, over the course of that. And this is a guy, that again, that has – Really impressive versatility. You know, he started at center this year for Ohio State, but uh, was a two-year starter at both guard spots. So he's got starts at right guard as a true freshman, left guard and right guard as a sophomore, center this year. 
but he's six six with thirty four and a quarter inch arms, so he's got some. Uh, I mean, I think there's potential tackle in a pinch versatility there as well. So um, Michael Jordan, I think, is a really impressive player. Uh, if he can impress in interviews, he's gonna. I bet you he goes day two, um, but. We'll see. I thought he had a good. I thought he helped himself. Yeah, I, I mean, almost. I, I don't think anyone thought he, except for maybe him himself and his mom, thought that he was almost six foot six. Uh, I didn't think he was that tall. Um, the ten time, the ten split was a little bit disappointing, but the uh, the vert at uh, thirty two and a half inches at three hundred twelve pounds and the broad at one broad. You know, uh, that's a good number. Yeah. The three cone wasn't half bad either. I think I don't know that he's a tackle. I think he's more of a small area guy, but. Still, 6'6", 312 pounds, you probably could put another 20 pounds on him. Any other uh, winners from the offensive line position for you, Tony, before we transition to the RBs? I thought Cody Ford. I would uh, agree with you. Cody Ford did not test well. Right. He was like in the high five twos, in the 40. He was nine, just 19 reps on the bench. But when you looked at the position drills, I mean, I he was smooth. He was fluid. He showed good footwork, you yep. know. Uh, most people like myself figure Cody Ford, right tackle, is going to have to play guard. But after you watch the position drills today, you got to take a step back and say, huh, maybe not. I, I thought he moved really well, too. I was, uh, I was pretty impressed with what we saw from him. Um, and even, even in the drills where the, you know, the timing didn't look great, it still was pretty good for a guy who's, again, 330 pounds. I mean, he's a big boy, and he moves pretty well. One last offensive lineman mm-hmm. who I've liked all along, who impressed me today, Eric McCoy. Slightly under six foot four, three hundred three pounds. Ran under five. Actually, uh, some stopwatches had him under four nine. Twenty nine reps on the bench. Thirty one inch vert at three hundred three pounds. And you know the thing about McCoy is when you watch him, you look at him, you project him as a zone blocking center who needs to improve his strength. The bench press number was good. Obviously, you know the strength comes from the legs. Uh, and the thirty one inch vert's probably it's good number compared to for offensive linemen. Uh, not the best number that we saw today, but I thought McCoy, you know, you've got your first two centers in Bradbury from North Carolina State and Elton Jenkins. I, I think that third spot for the center is, is going to be wide open. I think Eric McCoy is a guy who could be there day three for a team needing a center. The, those numbers they posted were, I mean, the 172, the 10-yard split's very good. Right. The 40 time, very, very good. The, the vert, very, very good. Broad jump, above average. Short shot, above average. He'll be uh, he'll be redoing that three cone at the pro day. Yeah, he must have he must have slipped or something. <laughs> he'll be redoing that three yeah. cone at the pro day. Uh, still, but still, at the end of the day, a, a day three pick in your mind, Tony? No, uh, no, I, I think uh, a third round pick. Third round pick. Okay, I you think said day three. That's why I was. Uh, did I say day three? I apologize. Day three, so I, I apologize. Okay. Thank you for correcting That's, me. Uh, let's go to the running backs. Uh, I want to start with uh, a player who Daniel Jeremiah NFL Network said had the best performance of the day overall, helped his stock the most. Miles Sanders from Penn State. Shocker that another Penn State player comes here and has an outstanding workout in Indianapolis. The running back preview. Yes. Stopwatch shocker. Well, I mean, listen, I don't know why. (laughs) I guess it's all. I expect Miles Sanders to work out well. I mean, I got Miles Sanders as as a third-round prospect right now. Day three or third round? Third round. Did I say day three again? No. (laughs) What did I say? You got it right. You said third round that time. Oh, so now you're really trying to mess my head. Um, but but he was fast. I mean, he's not the biggest guy in the world. That three-cone is outstanding. But you watch him on film. I mean, he makes defenders miss. He's more than a downhill runner. Uh, listen, you know, last year was, 
Last year it was, uh, now I'm messing with my head. Who's the kid the Giants took with the second pick of the draft? Saquon Barkley. Who had the yeah. great workout, and now it's Miles Sanders. I mean, that's the, the thing is, though, is I, I wouldn't say that this was like a great right. workout. This was, right. this was, by all measures, it was an above-average workout. Well, his three-gun was good, his, ben, his vert was good, and his long jump was good. I, I mean, they were they were. I, it was a, it was a good workout. It was right. it was a good workout. Right. But I mean, Miles Sanders he also came in at two hundred eleven pounds. Right. So um, you know, we're not talking where you know Saquon came in at two two thirty. You know, whatever he was, um, and doing what he did. So the the weight adjusted scores won't be as kind. They'll be they'll be no they'll be uh, they're good again. They'll be solid. <laughs> it's, they're just not going to be. I don't think they're going to be like through the roof. All right, uh, your your guys' thoughts on Justice Hill, Oklahoma State, who uh, I believe put up the best forty time. Of the day, he also had the best vert, didn't he? Forty inches. Yes, that's correct. His, on both his, of those, his broad yeah. was excellent. Uh, the forty was very good. It was a four, 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 five. Yep, four, four, five. On film, he's impressive. I mean, he's yeah, got, he's very he's got a lot of juice. Right. Great. He's got great lateral quickness. A uh, little, little disappointed he didn't run the shuttle. So it, um, I guess he, they weren't as good in training as uh, as he would have hoped for, and he's going to save them for the pro day. But, um, you know, overall, you look at Justice Hill, and he is kind of built like a track guy when you watch him uh, and when you when you see him in person. But uh, He's he a third down back. You know, when you go down the receiver, uh, when you go down the running back list, you see a lot of guys who didn't run the three-cone or whatever. Yeah. By then, you know, that's that's the last thing they do. So a lot of times those guys are worn down. I mean, these guys have been up till 12 o'clock at night doing interviews and – I know in some situations they 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 are up almost twenty four hours straight when they go to do the medicals because they get them up at like four o'clock in the morning and do the medicals and then they're there all day. Uh, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not going to uh, really berate him or beat him up because he didn't do the shuttles. But you know what? He's supposed to run fast. I mean, he's a smaller back. He's a swift guy. He's a guy who's going to be a third down back at the next level. So I mean, uh, he performed as expected. Also, I believe, did wide receiver drills out here. I or, think you or, might be right. Yeah, uh, as well. So up next, how about uh, from Kansas State, Alex Bonds. And and I, haven't, I haven't watched him yet. Uh, you, uh, what do you think, Tony? You know, I, I mean, the, the the 40 times not that good. No, but I'm everything su- else was pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm surprised when I look at the three cone, especially when you watch him on film, he's more of a downhill straight line runner. He's not a creative ball carrier, but when you, you see the – the shuttle times and the three cone times uh, that tells you that you know he may be able to develop some moves and, and make people miss the thirty four bench is also pretty impressive. I forgot. I, since I don't pay attention to the bench, I didn't even see that. <laughs> so across the board, I mean, he was pretty. And he had ten inch hands. Right. Um, he's a big boy. I, I was pretty impressed with what he looked like physically. Right. And uh, last, at least from from our standpoint, uh, from Miami, Travis Homer and his workout today. Homer uh, across the board did really really well. He he you know. It was a four four eight in the forty, which is pretty good. Uh, he's another guy came in a little bit light, came in two hundred one pounds, um, but big hands, pretty good length, uh, one hundred thirty inches in the broad, thirty nine and a half in the vert. Uh, so this is a guy who jumped out of the gym. He broke four five. Uh, he's, he looked good, but he's another guy, Tony. I haven't studied Homer yet. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts overall on his game? I think he's a situational ball carrier. I, I mean, he shows some short area quickness at two hundred one pounds. He's not a 201 pounds, he, he's like Hitchkin in the sense that he's a good downhill, strong runner who doesn't show much creativity. And when you're okay. 201 pounds, you've got to make defenders miss to the next level. Got it. All right, Tony, any other uh, winners from the running back position? Very impressed with my guy, Mike Weber. Mm. Uh, 4.47, 33.5-inch vert. Look good in drills. Very smooth. 
cut back, uh, able to cut back without ch- without uh, slowing up um, like Mike Weber a lot. All right, so before we get into uh, pick six, six players we're most excited to see tomorrow as a preview. Uh, Fran, I know you diligently, uh, I think, hit every single player. I want to say every single. Right. I, got, I got around. Pretty close. Yep. Uh, of the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, speaking to the media this afternoon. Uh, any takeaways for you? You know, um, I talked with uh, Marquise Brown, Marquis Brown. Uh, <laughs> There's a chain that says Hollywood. Where's both? I did. I, wrote, I just wrote down Hollywood. Yeah. Um, you know, very, very confident kid. Um, I didn't realize he was Antonio Brown's cousin. Uh, we found that out today, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, I talked to him about his preparation and, you know, what goes into the course of a week, you know, from a, from game day to game day. Uh, and he talked all about what he does, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Got through the whole week, and he was very descriptive of the whole thing. And I asked him, what's his favorite day? And he said, Tuesday, because Tuesday practice is the hardest practice, and uh, that's where we really find out if we're going to have a good week or not, and if we're if we're going to be ready to play. And I I over I was I was pretty proud. I'm I know he's small, but I'm all in on Marquise Brown. Okay. So I I was impressed with him today. Um, you know, going down the list, I asked a bunch of, of Georgia Bulldogs, uh, and this goes back to yesterday as well. Who was the you know who was the flag carrier? Who's the tone setter for that offense? Because there's mm-hmm. a bunch of those guys here across the board. They all responded to Lamont Gallard, the uh, the center that we saw down at the Shrine game. A couple guys said Riley Ridley as well, and Ridley threw himself into the ring. Um, <laughs> but he did say Lamont Gallard, uh, you know, is certainly a, a, the leader of that offense and, you know, the guy that always brought juice. So uh, I thought that that was really interesting. And I, I, that those are the kinds of nuggets that I'm always trying to get, you know. And it, to me, um, there, were, there were a few things that are along those lines that I thought were interesting, but uh, that was the big one for sure. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to go through my stuff here. Heard from the quarterbacks, the top quarterbacks, uh, Kyler Murray, you know, talking about, you know, making the commitment to football. And, again, I, I go back to the interviews that I heard uh, during Super Bowl week when he was doing the promotional circuit. And she sure. wasn't – he hadn't declared at the time. And it was just – you could tell it was just very uncomfortable for yeah. him. Uh, was it be, better? What's it? Yeah, it's better because it's there's nothing – negative at this point it's right. now all about what happens on the field uh i like dwayne haskins from ohio state uh, very confident very poised very poised yeah, yeah it's not you know there's players like drew Locke came to mind who are who are more engaging with the media in terms of you know you know maybe more joking around more lighthearted, more casual conversation like dwayne haskins is all about business yeah uh the one quote i love from him you know, everyone's talking about Kyler Murray and his explosive playmaking ability. Yep. Dwayne Haskins is like, look, I can maneuver if need to, but I'm deadly in the pocket. Yep. He knows that's where he wins. That's it. Okay. So, um, love love the confidence. Like you said, you know, steel nerves of steel, lots of confidence, poise. Like he could be the guy who, you know, from the looks of it, could be your franchise guy. He'll handle the heat in New York pretty well. That's couple, what you need. Yes. A couple of people told me they thought that uh, Kyler Murray was very defensive today. Really? Yeah, interesting. I didn't listen I to a ton. And I wasn't in for a second of it because there was a mob scene over there. So It's, it's very interesting. I took advantage so. of the lighter crowds elsewhere. So I'm just trying. It's like what you probably do when you go to Disney. Uh, no. There you go. We oh Tony, you no, and I should start. We, we should we should just start our own podcast. There you go. We exactly. It go four hours long though. It would. That's nothing wrong with that. So. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm just trying, trying to go through some of the other, you know, Tyree I asked Jackson. A, I asked A.J. Brown, the receiver from Ole Miss. I, I'm getting to, okay. Yeah, so I asked him, I said, uh, who's the best player you went up against this year? 
First time I've been asking guys this for like you know five years now. Never has one as a player said, "Yeah, I don't want to name one." And I was like, "Really? You can't, you can't name one?" He was like, "Yeah, I don't want to name one." I was like, "Who's the worst player?" <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I can't throw anyone under the bus like that." Like he was playing around, but I was like, Man, "I've heard like, I've heard guys who were just like who just like." mailed in the, the answer on that one so never like but usually but it's like, like oh like you know i can't i just can't think of one like you know that you could tell they just thought they're not comfortable or they're nervous the, he just like refused to name one i he, thought it was, he was thinking about a. brown he talked about when he picked schools how he got death threats over it yeah exactly I mean, that, that, that whole it's so messed up and like he was like and it was intriguing for him because he was just like you know like it didn't phase me like sure you know his parents his dad were, were more uh more concerned about but just like it's insane. He's just like I, I. I'm just a kid who wants to go live my dream. Yep. You know, if if your kid was in that situation, what are, what are you gonna do? So, um, just trying to see if there's anything else that really st- stood out here from the uh, was the quarterbacks, the receivers. I'm, you spent some time with Debo Samuel. Not a shocker there. Yeah. Uh, he's short answers, but very confident guy. That's, yeah, that's he's fine. Got some swagger to him. You know, uh, Hunter Renfro, I thought was was very impressive with the media, and he's a, you know he's a player. You know what you're getting with him. He his interesting comment was uh, if Trevor Lawrence w- was in this draft class, he'd go number one overall. Not I, a, would, I would not expect him to not say if that. Trevor, if Trevor Lawrence were in this draft class, he'd be the number one overall pick. Tony's not as uh, no no. I, you know, let's give it some time. <laughs> I'm mean, serious. I'm let's you. give it some time. I, I agree with yeah. you. Listen. I think I said this on Journey to Draft podcast. I said this in a bunch of interviews that I did right after the national championship game. Okay. I'm not going to name any names, but we have a very <laughs> famous talk show host in New York City who's talk well shows. known. Uh, who the one who is listing all the uh, defensive defensive players that this draft is loaded along the defensive line? Oh, and then he, yeah, and then he proceeded to uh, go to his phone to list the names out. Yeah, I, I don't know who you're talking yeah, about. <laughs> All I'll say is that he uh, he took a, a short hiatus and claimed that he was right. retiring. Whatever. Yeah, the same guy. Yes. Okay. After the uh, national championship game, he anointed Trevor Lawrence as a future NFL Hall of Famer. And I said, you know, okay, you know, maybe that's true. That may come true. But I, I mean, are we jumping the gun a little bit here with this? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I think a little bit. You know, I, I mean, uh, listen, why should that surprise you? I mean, the day after Kyler Murray measures five foot ten, everyone's saying he's the first pick of the draft. So if he measured five nine and three quarters, he wouldn't be the first pick of the draft? It's a great question. It's a hypothetical. We don't know. This is all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking into the RCA dome all those years. Uh, yeah, you go. Yep. You can play it all. It's all a media did show you, now. You're the one that made it the media did show. Did you? Did you meet with the Bills? Yeah. Did you meet with the Cardinals? Did that happen today? Yeah. What do you mean? Did it happen today? <laughs> Every interview. And then sometimes it's like, it actually what? was. It actually was worse today than it was yesterday. And it's usually like once someone says it, it's like every person who's covering oh it for a beat gosh. like goes around. Like. Well, you know, in that sense, I could understand it because these are beat writers. So, you know, Joe Smith, I, I'm not going to say the other thing. Joe Smith you know, at the podium said he did, in fact, meet with the Bill. So if it's a beat writer, you know. Try and justify it. They all meet it's, with everybody. It's at least the one. All right, there was one who was like. Asking a bunch of questions, and then he would throw in at the end. 
I, I can at least justify that a little more where it's like if you're having a conversation right. with the guy and then it's like the last note, it's like, oh, by the way, did you meet with so-so? Then it's the people who just jump out like, did you meet with the Chiefs? You know when the actual yeah. absolute worst is? Okay. Is when the when the PR guy that's got the player says, I right, guess one more question or two more questions, and, and, then it's, and then that's what it is. I want to smack someone when that happens. <laughs> Five bucks if you do that tomorrow. Right. It's, it's rage. I'll, get I'll take ten. Get, get, get rage here. So – uh, that is our extended version. Fun time here. Draft buzz. But now let's get into pick six, the six players who are most excited to see work out tomorrow in Indianapolis. Now it's time for pick six. Let's keep things rolling here in pick six. Six players we're most excited to see in tomorrow's workouts. And again, tomorrow on the turf at Lucas Oil Stadium, we're going to see the quarterbacks throw, the wide receivers catch, and the tight ends do a little bit of everything. So, uh, Fran, I'll let you have the honors. Oh, well, I'm going to go with a guy that, again, if. I'm guessing you're going with a guy. We said said this the other day that uh, with Marquise Brown not uh, partaking in drills. Marquee? He obviously, yeah, Marquis. He cannot be my workout warrior for the preview. So mm-hmm. if I had not put Marquise Brown in for the preview, my workout warrior would have been Paris Campbell, oh. Ohio State wide receiver, uh, outstanding athlete. Ooh la la. Not a polished, uh, not a polished football player yet. There are still some things that I think he needs to work out. Some things that he needs to be able to prove over the course of workouts during the pre-draft process. But I think when you look at Paris Campbell, this is a guy that's really going to help himself in the eyes of fans and you know more of the national media because they're going to really kind of open their eyes to the kind of athlete this kid is. He is explosive, twitchy, smooth. Great change of direction. He is really, really impressive. It's interesting because so to kind of give you a little behind the scenes look at how we do this, we we discuss our guys, kind of take a, do a draft beforehand. So it's not like you say so and I'm like, oh, you know, completely surprised. Paris Campbell was initially a guy I would have listed, but I actually th- threw a curveball and I'm going to go with a teammate of his, Terry McLaurin. Interesting. We saw him at the Senior Bowl. Uh, had a chance to listen to him speak to the media earlier today, and, and it was interesting because he said the transition as a senior bowl was he worked a lot out of the slot, something he didn't do at Ohio State. And McLaurin said he, he predicates his game on speed, and he would be talking and texting with the Raiders coaches as early as 6.30 in the morning to make sure he fully understood the playbook because he didn't want to be thinking out there on the field. And he was someone who I thought was very impressive during the week down in Mobile, Alabama. So uh, now you get an even playing service. I know uh, Paris Campbell, the Senior Bowl executives, Jim Nagy wanted to have him down there. They yep. McLaurin instead. Well, maybe Terry McLaurin shows that he was the right guy to be down there at the game. So we'll go with him there. Yeah, and I think McLaurin is a guy that if he has a good workout, now we just check another box because off the field, check the box. Senior Bowl, strong week, check the box. Combine, check the box. That's just another opportunity for him to help his stock. My next pick, I'm going to go with a guy that really impressed me uh, both on film but then also in person today in the interviews, and that was Riley Ridley, the wide receiver from Georgia. Um, charismatic kid, very self-confident, but uh, comes off as a very smart, self-aware player. Uh, look, his brother obviously had a lot of success in year one with the Atlanta Falcons. I think when you look at Riley Ridley, built a little bit differently than Calvin was. Uh, Calvin mm-hmm. was a little bit smaller, probably a little bit more explosive, but uh, they both share that same 
same kind of technical savvy, that ability to create their own separation, get free of a corner on the outside. Riley Ridley's lined up outside and inside for the Bulldogs. So uh, he's a guy that, that really does intrigue me moving forward to the next level. Really tough player as well. I'm excited to see him work out because, you know, he's a guy, I, don't, I wouldn't say that athleticism is necessarily a pure strength of his. His brother, obviously, remember, we, he did not test well last year, mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley. Yeah. So uh, that was one of the big questions leaving the 2018 combine was, oh, is Calvin really, really a first-round pick? He, look at how he tested. I don't know if Riley Ridley is going to test all that great, but I'm excited to see him test in the, in the same way. Hey, if he can just go and have a solid workout, I think he'll kind of cement himself as one of the top receivers in this draft. All right, so this is a player we've talked a lot about in recent weeks on the podcast, DK, DK Metcalf yeah. from Ole Miss. Just an absolute monster, mammoth of a man. He put up 27 reps in the bench press. I was over here working on a store. It's basically they have the bench press area, and that divides where the press conferences take place and the radio row set where we're at right now. And I was had my head in the computer working on a story, and a roar came from the crowd. And I, and I actually just heard 27 reps but didn't catch who it was and then found out it was, of course, DK Metcalf. The thing I loved about uh, his media availability, the part I listened to, he was asked, you know, what's the best part of your game? And he started to say, well, you know, contested catches 50 50. He's like, no, wait, 99 one balls. It's like only 1% of the time I'm not going to be the guy who comes Uh, down. that's, with it. that's good for him to say. I will say that that doesn't really carry out on film. That's actually one of my concerns is that he's not as successful in those situations as one would expect considering his size. But the highlights are certainly great. Yes. Sure. All right. Last but not least for you. Last but not least. We're going to go with uh, – I can't talk about receivers without talking about my guy. This is funny that w- neither of us picked any other positions. I'm going receiver as well with mine. Yeah. So well, it's, I, I think there's the guys – I mean, look – you know, the Eagles have the best tight end room in the NFL right now. Yes. So we're not going to be, you know, eyes peeled on the tight end room. I don't think we're all uh, excited to see quarterbacks necessarily test or work out. So uh, it's natural we'd go to the receivers. Yeah, yeah of course. I'm going to go Keyshawn Johnson, Fresno State. Uh, another guy kind of like Ridney, Ridley in that he's a technician at the position, a uh, really good route runner, very c- uh, consistent at the catch point. I think he plays faster than the way that a lot of people think he's going to time. So to kind of put that to the test, and we'll see if – the speed that I saw on film matches to what we actually will see on the turf here because uh, the times that I've seen thrown around with him from, like, scouts and things like that from last offseason, that doesn't match with what my eyes showed on tape. So I'm excited to see what Keyshawn Johnson does over at the stadium a couple blocks away. All right, last but not least, a player you profiled in an outstanding long-form piece for PhiladelphiaEagles.com and our social media channels uh, not that long ago. I'm going to post that piece tomorrow on Twitter. It's on my to-do list in the morning. You should. Uh, David Sills, West Virginia, and uh, getting to hear him speak here at the Combine, extremely, extremely impressive. Uh, Loved how he talked about taking a risk going to JUCO to try to fulfill his dream of being a quarterback and not coming to fruition. He said at least, you know, he he put himself outside his comfort zone. Uh, But he said the one thing that's been interesting in meeting with teams going back to the Senior Bowl is when they ask him how he approaches certain plays, they're expecting him to use – quarterback terminology and hmm. and language and he's like no i've become well versed enough that i'm speaking as i'm coming at it from a receiver uh, well. so he's still relatively raw but the size is there and i'm I- intrigued to see uh what the speed what the, how the workout uh numbers 
bear out here. We saw him up close and personal at the Senior Bowl. It'll be intriguing to see how he performs compared to the other uh, top receivers on the turf at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm also very intrigued to see how he would test. He would have been a guy that I would have selected as well. Well, there we go. So pick six, six players we're most excited to see tomorrow in action in drills. Up next, Fran, you had a chance to catch up with uh, your good friend, Dane Brugler from The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at DP Brugler. We caught up with him uh, yesterday. So on Thursday, he and I talked right before uh, media started with the players. So right before the running backs spoke, uh, Dane and I caught up for a, little, a few minutes. We talked about some guys on defense. We started, though, with some talk about some wide receivers. Obviously, we're going to see the receivers talk tomorrow. So I thought, let's save that for Friday night's show. Here we go. Let's hear that interview. We're going to go into that and then followed by our unofficial visit with Notre Dame running back Dexter Williams. It's time for Mr. Relevant. Welcome to the Indianapolis Convention Center here at the Scouting Combine. I'm Fran Duffy, joined by NFL Draft Analyst from the Athletic, Dane Brugler. Dane, welcome back, man. It's uh, it's good to be back here in Indy. Yeah, it is. It's uh, you know, there's always something to learn here, yeah. and you know, we think we have a good feel for things when we come in, and then we end up like, you know, there's always something that happens. We learn more about these guys, whether it's the medicals or the interviews or you know, the on-field testing, which we haven't gotten to yet, but we're going to soon. Uh, a lot to learn, and it never disappoints. Is there a player that you can think back over the last couple of years that you come into the combine thinking one thing, and then you go into these media sessions, maybe it's the drills, maybe it's the wham, but you come away feeling completely different about that guy? Mm, I'm sure there are. Uh, I remember just last year uh, – with a guy like uh, Antonio Callaway. Okay. Uh, really intrigued by him, and then he was so nervous. He was – I remember. He was almost scared. Yeah. He was really, uh, you know, frightened to be up there at the podium talking, and it's it can be intimidating, especially sure. for, uh, you know, a guy like that who has been in some trouble. He knew tough questions were coming. Yep. And that really – that was hard to shake. And, you know, he, went, he fell to the fourth round, and he had an okay rookie season, and I think he's going to be part of that Browns team. But – that really stood out as, uh, you know, wow, is this guy ready for, you know, the bright lights and everything that's going to come in the NFL. So, you know, his rookie season was up and down. We'll see how he does uh, the rest of the way, though. All right, well, let's talk about some guys from this class. And uh, we'll stick a receiver because uh, we got some measurements this morning. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. Marquise Brown from Oklahoma yeah. came in, who's not participating in drills here at the Combine due to a, a list Frank injury. 166 pounds. And I crunched the numbers on that. Five <laughs> receivers drafted in the last decade have come in under 166. So oh, wow. Any of them? No, all day, th- all day three picks now. Right, okay. Know, and this is outside, you know, Deshaun Jackson was outside of 10 years ago. So, right. Um, but all these guys, I mean, it was, you know, it's uh, Tevin Reese, it's Jalen Saunders, Jalen Saunders, uh, Jakeem yeah. Grant from, uh, from Texas Tech. Tech right. So there were, there were a handful of these guys, but that's really the big knock on, right. on Marquise Brown, right? right. It's not necessarily completely surprising that he came in at 166. Well, to me it's surprising in this respect. He had the surgery in January. Mm. So you know you're not running at the combine. Yep. Why aren't you eating at McDonald's and <laughs> getting that weight up a little bit, you right. know? Like just 166, that, that number, yeah, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, you know, I, I understand he can't work out right now because of the foot, but Man, I'm surprised he did not come a little bit higher than that. And he's battled. He's had a tough time putting weight on. He yeah. showed up at Oklahoma at 140 pounds uh, two years ago, and you know it's just it's tough for his his body, his frame, the way it's built to you know hold that muscle mass. 
and you have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, especially because he's a guy that won't work out until the summer because he's hurt, and so yeah. durability is already a factor. And uh, you know, when you weigh, or you factor in the the build and how slight he is. I, does this knock him out of the first round? I, you know, it's when you factor everything together, it'd be hard to see a 166-pound wide receiver who's coming off Liz Frank surgery going in the first round. The the lightest receiver drafted in the first round in the last decade over that last that 10-year span, Tavon Austin at uh, 174. Okay. So, um, well, it'll be interesting. Look, the film on Marquise Brown. You and I, oh, are yeah. both, explosive. You and I are both in. On oh that. yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's and that's what you're banking on those explosive plays, what yep. he can do down the field. Um, you know, but. How's he going to do versus press? You know, and once a physical receiver gets their hands on him and plays physical at the line of scrimmage, it's going to be tough for him. And uh, you know, is he going to be strictly a vertical guy? Because yep. you trust him going over the middle, uh, you know, taking a pop, uh, or is it going to be a lot of you know screens and uh, tunnel stuff, and you know, just trying to get the ball in his hands, manufacture uh, some of those touches? I, I think that. Why the Deshaun Jackson comparison really works, in my opinion, yep. is his ability to track the football. No question. I mean, he he does that very naturally. He, uh, and Kyler Murray did a nice job dropping the ball in the bucket. But uh, he understood. Marquise Brown understood how to control his play speed, track the football, really good judgment skills. Um, uh, and then he was a finisher. He he did have some drops, but not at the level that would make you overly concerned. So, you know, I think the weight, the durability will concern teams, but. I, some team will get a discount. They're probably the early second round. They'll be okay with that. One player at the receiver position that's getting just so much intrigue. There's so much buzz around this guy is DK Metcalf. Oh yeah, all Miss and physical marvel. He came in a little bit lighter than people thought. He mm-hmm. came. In, he was listed at about 240 at Ole Miss. Right. He came in under 230 uh, this this morning. When you look at DK Metcalf. What do you see as the upside? What do you see as the low side? What do you like and dislike about DK Metcalf? Well, he's a freak. Uh, there's no question about that. And you know, for a guy that looks like that, and you know, I, I'm not sure if he owns shirts, and I'm, <laughs> I don't blame him. You know, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, but he's got that straight line speed. He's going to run a four four tomorrow or right. Saturday, and everyone's yep. going to be a oh, wow. But you know, I think that's expected. I'm more interested to see short shuttle, yep. three cone, change of direction, uh, because. And, you know, a guy that's that big, he doesn't play as big at the catch point. You know, he's not overly dominant uh, the way you would expect for a guy that looks like that. Uh, He just needs to become a better route runner, and I think that will come with time. But doing the the short area quickness drills here will give us a better taste for, okay, you know, just does he have some of that short area explosion? Does he have, uh, you know, the the fluidity to uh, snap out of his breaks? You know, it's something I don't think we really know right now. Uh, The footwork gets a little clunky for him. So seeing him here in Indy, especially one after the other, compared to some of these other receivers, I think that will certainly help. Yeah, let's get to the defensive side of the football, an area that fans uh, in Philadelphia are always interested in. We're going to start with a pass rusher, and I want to ask you about Brian Burns from Florida okay. State, a guy that could seriously go a lot higher than where the Eagles are picking at 25. Right. Probably will go higher than that. But uh, let's talk about him because he, he's a little bit on the lighter side, and we'll mm. see how that impacts. We've been talking a lot about weight so far uh, and how that could impact some of these prospects. Brian Burns certainly one of those players. Yeah, is he over 240? Yep. Does he get close to 250? Um, and, you know, he, even though if he gets to that weight here, that would be great. But is that his ideal playing weight? Sure. Um, and you know, his, we know what he does really well. That first step is ability to bend, close to the quarterback. Um, but 
when an offensive tackle is able to get their hands on him and latch control, I mean, he's done. I mean, watching the Northern Illinois tape against Max Sharping, uh, Sharping shut him down. And, you know, theoretically, you should be able to beat up on some Matt competition, but Sharping's a good player, and, uh, you know, he'll be a third or fourth rounder in this draft probably. So with Burns, can he get physically stronger, functionally stronger? Um, I'm not sure how much of that we'll figure out this week, but it will be good to see him moving around, just making sure the numbers match up with what you expect based on the tape. A lot of blue-chip defensive players in this draft. Ed Oliver, Quinnen Williams, Nick Bosa, the list goes on. Is there a guy that maybe is in that next tier, you know, late first round, second round, third round, that you kind of are willing to pound the table for, you're willing to kind of put your name next to and say, yeah, this is my guy. I feel really confident about this guy moving to the NFL. Yeah, I think this edge rush class, there's something for everybody based on what you want. And we know, yeah, you mentioned some of the names, and Cleveland Farrell and uh, Jachai Polite. These guys are going to go in the top 20 picks. Montez Sweat's in that group. Um, of the secondary group, you know, DeAndre Walker from Georgia I like a lot, yep. uh, who was basically like a sub-package guy his first three years, special teams, and then he got a chance to be the starter, a chance to be the guy his senior year, and he took advantage of it, led the team in sacks. And, you know, he's not the physical marvel that, like, a Lorenzo Carter was. Sure. Was in that position, but he still he shows the ability. Think about the Missouri tape, where you know he showed the ability to drop in coverage yep. and do some things. Uh, so I think he's a versatile guy. I think he'll be, really be appealing to three, four teams. But he could also put his hand on the ground. He, I think he'd stand up and you know, maybe play some Sam for you. So I think there's some versatility with DeAndre Walker that uh, because he wasn't at the Senior Bowl, he had the groin issue that kept him out of the bowl game. Because he's been a little out of sight, out of mind, he's not getting as much pub, but I think he's a darn good football player. Very violent, really good football player. Yeah. Same question, but I'm going to go to the other side and go to a specific position. Uh, very, A lot of Eagles fans very excited about the running backs in this class. Yeah. Pick a guy or two because there's no Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette in this class that is head and shoulders above everybody else and will go top ten. Is there a running back or two that you, you know, you're, I definitely want to stamp my name next to this kid? I mean, I'd say Damian Harris, but you've already claimed. Yeah, uh, that's Already claimed him. But he's, he reminds me. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he reminds me of like a, like a 75% Ezekiel Elliott. Sure. You know, like he does everything well. Uh, he might not be exceptional in any one area, but you know exactly what you're getting. He can pass. He pass protected more than any other running back in this class. Yep. Easy. Um but he's and he's not a bad runner at all. He doesn't. It's not like he lacks juice. He just might not be special in any one area. I love his feet. He's good, exactly. like that, and that's right. a sneaky thing. He's not like explosive, but he's got a great ability to navigate through traffic. Accelerate through the hole. Yep. Get to the second level. Doesn't waste time. Um, good vision. He can, when he was targeted, he caught the ball out of the backfield. So you know, if you get him outside the top fifty picks, gosh, that's a steal. Uh, beside Damian Harris, I'm a big Devin Singletary guy. Yeah. Uh, guys that can create their own space and make guys miss, he has an uncanny ability to do that. It's really, really special. Um, I, LaShawn McCoy, I know it's that's a strong comparison. I think he can be LaShawn McCoy in this league. Yeah, I agree with you. He's got a lot of that lateral agility, that yeah. Zuzu as a runner to make people miss. Well, Dane, we appreciate the time here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You can follow Dane on Twitter, at DP Brugler. Thanks for joining us here. We'll see you next time. The unofficial visit. Hello, Eagles fans. Chris McPherson here with former Notre Dame running back Dexter Williams. And really, I should, shouldn't say running back, say playmaker extraordinaire, because that's what you did during your time there at Notre Dame, especially in your final season there. What was the biggest lesson for you in terms of making that jump and being able to excel the way you did in your final year on campus? Um, I just really uh, just wanted to come back and give our office that spark that we needed and uh, get them get us to the playoffs because that was something I wanted to do 
this year it was my senior year. I wanted just all the guys to just live up to their potential and get after each and every day. So I knew uh, once I got back on that field, I knew it was time to just take our game to another level. And I knew the office needed me, and I needed them as well. So once we put it together, it was just like we couldn't be stopped. You were suspended for the first four games, mm -hmm. but after that, you gained almost a thousand yards. Just came five yards shy for yes, for the season. So, what did that mean for you to watch things from the sidelines and then yeah, be able to make the impact the way you did when you're on the field? Um, I definitely feel like it meant a lot, but sometimes I still feel like I felt short in certain places. But at the same time, I'm not looking back. I'm always looking forward. I was happy to uh, just uh, make that stepping stone for Notre Dame and give the younger guys something to live up to and something to achieve this upcoming year. And also, um, it's just uh, I left on a good note. Well, I would say an okay note, but we didn't mm -hmm. finish the way we needed to, but we still got the job done. What did it mean to be the first part of the first program that got Notre Dame into the playoffs? Um, it was definitely something special because Notre Dame hasn't done it, and we were the first to do it. So I, I kind of felt like I, um, I'm a part of the history just by uh, being the first team to go to the playoffs. But other than that, um, it's still a stepping stone for the other guys. I want the other guys to go and win a national championship now. So Josh Adams, I'm mm -hmm. sure you're good friends with him. Yeah, you know, he made his mark, made his yeah. mark in Philly. G give us, uh, give us some stories about Josh. What he was like during his time with the Irish. Oh, Josh was uh, that dude, and also uh, man, he would just compete each and every day. He was my roommate, so we Josh. shared a lot of good times together. Uh, spent a lot of time together. Uh, hung out, hung out together. Uh, I got him to come down to Florida a couple times and uh, just chill around the family. And um, also, he's just like a brother to me. Speaking of family, your mother, how instrumental was she during for you early in the season when you were going through your adversity? Yeah, so I moved my mom up there in August. She stayed with me for the whole season. And it was just like, it, it really made my home feel like a, uh, it really made my house feel like a home again, I should say. And just having her around, a lot of my teammates came around. So it was just always good times. And I know she was happy to see her son get back on the field and just do what I love. And I was just also just happy to just to share those memories with her. Dexter, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who was the toughest defender you went against during this 2018 season? And you can't name anyone on your own squad because okay. you have a couple players, obviously, here at the Senior Bowl mm -hmm. and in the draft process. But who did you go against in 2018 was the toughest competitor? Um, I wouldn't say to single anyone out, but Clemson's defensive line, they were very disciplined. I, I congratulate Devil Sweeney for that, just preparing them guys throughout the whole season, just pre pre preparing them guys for us. Um, they were a great team, very disciplined. They came out hard each and every play. So the last thing I know here, and you may not be able to tell on camera, but you got the green hair in the background, so it already seems like you might be a fit in Philadelphia. Hey, uh, if, Philadelphia, if Philadelphia wants me, I'm definitely there. I'm not going to turn it down. Whoever gives me a shot, I'm open for the opportunity. I just need a chance so I can show everyone what I can do. Running back Dexter Williams, the pride of Notre Dame, thank you very much for joining us here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Now it's time to hear from you, the fans, in the draft mailbag. All right, time to get into your questions, and we had a ton of them. Again, if you did not have a chance, and if you if you don't have your question answered here, Fran and I are going to do a live stream Saturday at about 1.30. It's about the time we did today, so yep. about 1.30 p.m., so we'll get to some of your questions there. And are these questions, some of these from the live stream? The All of we... them are from the, the responses to the live gotcha. stream. Gotcha. Okay, so basically – if you didn't respond directly in the live stream, we probably didn't see them. So that's why we're going to get to some of them now. So a lot to get through. So first, at T-Bolt 10, with the current emphasis on interior pass rush from defensive tackles, why isn't there an increased value in terms of interior offensive linemen? Very good question. So... I think that they're, they're, in a way, there has been. I think, you know, most people wouldn't say, oh, you know, tackles are more valuable, you know, clearly. 
But I think if you peek around, there are some teams that have silently been doing that. I mean, you look around, you know, look at the money Andrew Norwell got in free agency last year. Uh, you know, there, there, we've seen guards. Go, you know, we saw Quentin Nelson go in the top ten a few years ago. We saw two guards go in the top ten: Chance Warmack, Jonathan Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Orleans Saints for a long time have been helping Drew Brees by beefing up the guard spots, and they would, you know, with free agency and veterans and drafting offensive tackles and trying to develop those guys because they felt, okay, let's make sure we're rock solid up front for Drew Brees and we can work things off the edge and kind of develop some guys. So you've started to see some teams kind of feel that way. So uh, we'll see if it starts to become more of the, the common, you know, a common theme that people are talking about in the mainstream. All right, up next at Jim C. Recruiter. Going uh, to your heart here, Fran. Reichwell Armstead out of Temple, strong performance in the 40-yard dash, 4-4-6 time. Should the Eagles aim for this local South Jersey prospect? Well, he uh, he certainly, I think, helped himself this week. You know, I think, you know, a, a pretty strong workout, the 4-4-5s uh, in the 40-yard dash. The rest of his test scores were just okay. Uh, the jumps weren't very good. The shuttles were below average. But, um, look, Rykel Armstead is a guy that, look, he's got above average size. He's 5'11". He's 220 pounds. He's a physical downhill runner. Not necessarily special athletically in any one area, uh, but just a rock-solid back who could do a little bit of everything. He could be a downhill runner for any scheme, zone scheme, gap scheme. The thing he is, is he's been banged up with some nag- nagging injuries here and there. Um, I'd like to see him do a little bit of a better job making that first man miss, but overall, Raquel Armstead is a solid player, and he's been doing it for a long time with Temple. Actually, as uh, the TV oh, look at here that. in Radio Row is broadcasting the workouts from earlier, and Raquel Armstead is about to do I his... bet you he runs 4 4 6 here. <laughs> <laughs> bet you 10 bucks. I bet you dinner. They... <laughs> Uh, next question comes from at Ivan the Hoss five six four four six. Dinner's on you. Done deal. I could do that. Um, Ivan the Hoss, uh, really not even a question, more of a declaration, more of a command. Draft Alex Barnes, please. So he's played about it. Yeah, he's played about it. I haven't watched Alex Barnes yet, but um, he looked pretty impressive physically. You know, he came in front of us when we were over at the workouts. Um, and, he, and he looks pretty good off the hoof. He's a bigger kid. He's over six foot. Guess he's about to run his 40-yard dash. 25 times. <laughs> I bet you he runs four five nine here. Um, but huge hands, 10-inch hands. Uh, jumped really well. The shuttles were pretty good. His 40 was the only time that, that that didn't impress. But everything else across the board was pretty good, especially, again, for a guy who's 226 pounds. So when those spark scores, yep. those weight adjusted scores come That's out, I was just thinking my of. guess is Alex Barnes is going to come out as one of the winners from that spark formula. All right, up next here at Noah underscore Gonzalez underscore wants to know what kind of positional players are you looking for to make a difference on the field? I'm looking for speed. I don't know about you. Like that's like that's you know Doug Peterson talked about a little bit on Wednesday. Um, You know I think that it's not just as simple as oh yeah let's just go get the fastest guy and just plug him in and that's how it's going to work. But I think. You know, I'm looking to see who can set themselves apart as you know the ability to be a dynamic playmaker for their, their next location, whether that's here in Philadelphia or elsewhere. Uh, I'm excited to see because this is a, this is a game about speed. This is a game about creating separation as a wide receiver. Uh, I'm looking to see these guys show show their wares tomorrow in terms of being able to create that separation. I, I think Noah is looking at any position. I don't think I would agree with and running back too to a certain extent. I think you you still want that you still want that sustainer. We talked about yes. that yesterday on the show, but. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind a little, a little juice there. No, I, I think you need more of a dynamic playmaking presence. I think you can even add one on. I'm looking defense too. It's, sure. it's no question. You know, 
the Eagles got Brandon Graham's deal done, uh, agreed to terms on the, on the three-year extension, which is phenomenal. Awesome. But you still need an infusion of youth, probably there along the edges. Um, we don't know what Josh Sweat is just yet. Um, Derek Barnett has shown a ton of promise. Looking forward to seeing him back on the field here in, in 2019. Yep. Also a linebacker. That's, that's the other position where uh, you don't expect the Eagles to utilize a high amount of resources. Um, especially now you're pretty much playing your sub packages all the time. So before you might say, well, I need three base linebackers. Well, you're going to really need two uh, the vast majority of the time, and even one sure. in certain cases. Which is a so. good segue to our next question. Exactly. So at – I like, I like the uh, – That's a good, the that's a good handle. At Wan underscore and underscore only, so Wan and only, instead of one and only, thoughts on Devin Bush, the Michigan linebacker, uh, as a potential late first, early second round prospect, I look. I look at Devin Bush as a guy that that is really impressive on film. Really physical, high motor. He's got great speed um, from sideline to sideline. I worry a little bit of, about him from a lateral standpoint, but I think when you look at him in a straight line, I really, really was impressed with his film. He's a really fun player to watch. I think with a good workout that he could go right in that Eagles area and yeah. potentially before. So we'll see. He's a guy that I was really, really impressed with watching the film on. All right. At Tom Cahoo wants to know, who are some mid-round running backs that you're keeping your eye on as possible steals for the Eagles? Mid-round running mid-round backs. Mid-round running backs. Well, I mean, Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma is going to be one of the wild cards of the draft, right, because he's got uh, day two and potentially even day one talent. Um, but the uh, – the, the medical history is, is obviously a huge concern. Three season-ending injuries in four seasons on campus. Like yeah. That's a huge concern. So um, Rodney Anderson, certainly somebody to keep an eye on. Miles Sanders is a mid-round guy who I thought we, we talked about him earlier, had, has, having a good workout. Um, I thought Miles Sanders uh, really helped himself today, and he's a guy that I would keep an eye on. I still don't think he's really going to probably crack into that day two range. I still think you're probably talking early day three there with Miles Sanders out of Penn State, but uh, certainly a guy – that helped himself. Uh, Miles Gaskin from Washington didn't have a great workout today, um, but it's going to be talked about because of his production, what he's done in the Pac-12 over the last few years, his abilities as a runner and as a receiver. Karen Higdon uh, didn't do a ton today, but with what he did do, I thought he did pretty well. Uh, and he's a guy that I, I really like on film. He's a dirty work back, great pass protector. He's got good vision. He's downhill runner, uh, big and strong. He's a really interesting guy. And then a guy that's not here, Divino Zigbo from mm-hmm. Nebraska, uh, a big, powerful kid who can make people miss. Think about Gaskin. It makes you wonder whether or not the Eagles will overvalue the production maybe like they have in the past. So while Gaskin was uber productive, if the workout numbers don't bear it out, you wonder if that will knock. Again, And you're, it's not a guy you're probably taking, you know, maybe middle to late day three at this point. We'll yeah. so. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about, oh, you know, is he going to be the next Philip Lindsay? And uh, Lindsay wasn't here last year. Um, so I think when you look at uh, that position, people are always kind of looking at, all right, well, who's, who's the next big thing? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if, uh, if that'll be Gaskin or not. And then Rodney Anderson, my only concern there would be the redshirt year. Even if you're taking sure. a late-round pick, it's like you want guys who – Ideally, especially a running back, have a cleaner bill of health and a guy that you can hope to help you out in 2019. No question. Uh, next question, we got a couple more here. At Tehran underscore Owens 6, 
Uh, we need a left tackle and a defensive back. Thoughts on who is the best fit? I like Nasir Adderley, a safety and a Philly native. Certainly like the versatility that he brings to the table with that corner safety experience. Uh, nice little ball hawk. And, yes, he you know went to Great Valley High School in yep. Malvern, a Philly native. So certainly would like that. I don't know about first round as some people are projecting for Adderley. Uh but how about yourself, though? Cause he's not even your top safety in this class. You like uh, you like the kid uh, from the West Coast? No, but it, they're different players too. Is the thing. yes? So I, yes. you know, I think when you look at Adderley, certainly kind of a corner free safety hybrid um, has the ability to do a couple different things for you. Plays the ball very well in the air, like you said. Uh, he's a, he is an interesting player. Um, if I had to pick a, a DB. Look, I like Taylor Rapp because, um, you know, because of his physicality, his instincts. He he can kind of do everything. The one question you have is his athleticism, his range to play in the middle of the field. Can he be a pure free safety, or is he more of a you know strong safety kind of slot type? He's been an outstanding nickel player over the course of his career, so he can do that. He can hang in a short area. It's if he has that sideline to sideline speed to be able to play in the middle of the field, like you know a vintage Earl Thomas, a vintage Eric Berry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and play that kind of role. That's the the question you have to answer with Taylor Rapp. All right, uh, and then how about tackle? I mean, Andre Dillard, we talked about earlier, is a guy that that really had a strong workout. Uh, I'm still a, bit a believer in Titus Howard. He didn't have a great athletic workout today, but a guy who I really liked on film. He had a strong week of practice down at the Senior Bowl. Very impressive kid who's transformed his body over the course of his career. So uh, Titus Howard is a guy that's probably a day-two pick uh, that's really piqued my interest over the course of the process. Is Dillard going to be there potentially at 25? Dude, I, I don't know. Yeah. He it's like 50-50 for me at this point, I would guess. Uh, next question. We've got three more to get through here. At Annie Tribb, thoughts, I uh, wonder if it's a Penn State fan, thoughts on Trace McSorley and where he might end up? Um, I mean, he's just, he's very small. Um, not that that's, we talked it's about changed. Yeah, it's that's changed. changed. It's actually interesting conversation, little segue here. Uh, NFL Network, Howie Roseman joined the set with uh, DJ and Rich Eisen, and they were, and DJ was sharing how, you know, they were in the draft room for 2012 discussing Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson, because of his size, was never in that first-round conversation, whereas you look at Kyler Murray, and it's like there's no question he's going to go in the first yep. round. It's like all – the question is, does he go number one overall, it seems yep. like, at this point. Yeah, I think when – you know, I, to take it back to McSorley, I think when you look at McSorley, what, is, what does he do well? He's accurate. I know that he was bothered by injuries this year and on the back half of the year that that really affected his accuracy and his ball placement. But overall, total body of work, I was pretty impressed with his toughness uh, and his ball placement, his touch. You just got to get past you know the, the physical limitations, the size. He's not the biggest arm guy. So um, yeah, I think that's kind of why you're looking at Trace McSorley as more of a, a late day three selection. You know, you look at the Eagles, they're going to need a developmental guy. So no question. It's, poss- it's a possible situation here. Uh, at Rocky Fontaine says to keep an eye on Josh Miles from Morgan State. I don't think you have to tell Fran that he certainly knows who Josh Miles is, uh, a big and fast offensive lineman, and then went through the workout numbers uh, that he posted today. Well, I, this is why I actually love, you know, with the Combine, that's where a lot of fans will jump in. And it's like, yeah. oh, you know. But if you had been listening to the Journey of the Draft podcast yeah. for 
not just since the Shrine game, because we were talking about the Shrine game, but even going back to the fall, we had been talking about uh, Josh Miles, uh, you know, back in October, November, as a, a player to watch, and uh, he continues to help himself. You know, we were hyping him up down at the Shrine game in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, he had a, a pretty good day here today. His, his vertical jump obviously caught the eye of a lot of people. That was what Rocky had brought up in his tweet. So uh, Josh Miles certainly continuing to help himself throughout the course of this process. All right, last but not least, at Chaotic ZYT. In his opinion, the Eagles need a corner, linebacker, safety, an O-line, and a running back. He literally named five, or they literally named five of the ten you know, main positions. So, Stell, do you have anyone in mind who you're scouting? And Chaotic says that uh, they should try to get DeAndre Baker from Georgia. I, I like DeAndre Baker. Um, you know, I don't know that he's the, the top 20 pick that he had been billed as throughout the course of the last uh, 12 months. But I think when you look at DeAndre Baker, he actually is a player that, that fits the Eagles, right? I mean, he's a tough, instinctive, uh, good tackler. I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's an Eagles kind of player, his play mm-hmm. personality. I just don't know that we're – we've talked about this the last couple of days. I don't know that we're looking at corner or yeah. in the draft. Like, you know, they've, they've got corners that are young that they want to continue to develop uh, on this team. Um, I, I would be surprised a little bit. I think someone would have to blow them away as being a complete fit and far ahead talent-wise of other people on the board for them to go that direction. So uh, that's kind of how I feel about DeAndre Baker. Now, certainly running back needs to be addressed. Linebacker, you got to figure out what's going on with Jordan Hicks, whether he's coming back or not. He's scheduled to be a free agent. Offensive line, you know, you need depth and youth for the future. And then safety, I mean, if you like the starters, it's going to be can Trey Sullivan take the next step? Do you have a developmental guy there? So those are our questions. And this is going to wrap up an intense session here on the Journey to Draft podcast. Again, our live stream coming at you Saturday, 1.30 p.m. Otherwise, we'll recap the entire day's events here on the podcast. Have a great night, everyone.